Hello and welcome to Shades and Layers. I'm your host, Kutuanus Kusana Ritchie. Today we are talking small businesses and how their founders could benefit from coaching. Our guide is Master Your Mindset Coach, Ryan Lassam, who also considers herself a healer. Ryan came across the coaching profession while looking for her next career move and went on to launch Inspire Brand Consulting seven years ago. Since launching this work-from-anywhere business, she has coached nearly 1,000 high-achieving, mostly black women, to get to the next level in their career and life. She helps her clients to work past things like imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and other self-limiting beliefs. Our conversation covers her own personal transformation, from an employee who was playing by the rules until she got stuck, to a boss who takes big, bold actions while managing her fears. As you will learn, Ryan has a holistic approach to her practice. She's a strong believer in systems and says they can help when you're trying to build up your three C's, which are clarity, confidence, and courage. She herself uses a coach, and we discuss how this individual has been helpful to her more recently as she tries to combine growing her business with being a new mother. She will also share how she incorporates the metaphysical into her practice to help her clients to internalize a winning mindset. So, if you're looking to make big, bold moves in your life or career, I recommend that you stick around so that you can also find out if you need a coach right now and how to select one that's right for you. Let's get the episode going. Here's Ryan Lasan. How would you describe your work, both practically and the deeper meaning you attach to the work you do? Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for that question. It's it's a very powerful question because there is a practical side of what I do. And then there is the deeper meaning, the why um, behind that. And I would say, practically speaking, um, I am a coach, a mm-hmm. classically trained mm-hmm. coach. So I literally am able to hold space for people to have that self-reflection in that very um, transformative way. I would also say that I'm very much a healer. I think that's probably, Mm. that might be the micro and the meta of it Mm -hmm. all, um, quite frankly. Um, And because it is all to heal, you know, it's all to heal. Uh, The work I do as a mindset coach is essentially at the very core healing that aspect of ourselves that tells us that we are not enough Mm -hmm. to take action on our goals. And so, um, so that healing piece is, you know, really, really very relevant. Um, and it underpins the coaching and underpins right. all of the the practical um, technique. I, I also then have a distinction for healing and that um, part of the practical part of what I do is actually as a healer. I do energy healing. I am a Reiki trained, right. uh, certified trained level one um, healer. I work very much with my clients um, on their with their energy body, supporting them understand uh, their chakra system. So I really lean into that energy healing work. Um, and then also healing from a standpoint of that we are our thoughts. And so I really also help people um, heal and, and begin to be able to soothe the way that they communicate with themselves. So healing is really intertwined, mm-hmm. I think, in mm-hmm. both the practical piece and the 
um, the meta piece, the meaning piece of, of what I do. Um, maybe some more practical and, and meaningful pieces, um, who I work with practically. Yeah, who are your clients? I, yeah. yeah, it work generally speaking, I work with high achieving women and I really micro focus. My specialty is black women. Right. And high, high achieving black women. And someone asked a really great question. What does it mean to be high achieving? And I said, to me, that has to absolutely be self-defined. There is no, um, there is no marker of degree or stature or anything else that I can come up with other than someone being able to say, you know, I've got goals and dreams out there that are pretty big <laughs> and I want to reach them. <laughs> right, you know, to me, right. that's high achieving. Sure. Um, that's like the essence of high achieving, a person who's like on a quest, on a mission. And so the women that I work with are on a quest, they're on a mission. And that can generally, they pick up the phone because they're on a mission um, to quantum leap the corporate ladder or to, you know, start scale a, a business, small business entrepreneur pursuit. Mm -hmm. What it winds up being really is, a, you know, a mission-driven experience, um, and right. and that is where that intersection of coaching and healing and teaching. I am very much a teacher. I teach, teach, mm. teach. How to use these tools? What does mindset mean? What is your nervous system? What is my teaching, 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 teaching? And how did you get into the into this line of work? Yeah. So um, the practical side, the practical <laughs> side is honestly, I grew up in a home where these were very relevant conversations right. for, uh, for in my home. Um, I grew up in a home where social emotional intelligence was like the currency. That's what my parents talked about. That's the books right. on their shelves. Mm. Um, so I really literally got it honestly. Now, I also... Um, was a teacher. I, I started my career, my professional career as a teacher. Mm -hmm. So that's very much embedded in the core of, of who I am. I think right. About as a value, mm -hmm. really as a mm -hmm. value. I kind of come at things as a teacher. Um, I have always had a very strong gravitational pull to the metaphysics and the spiritual. Like right. Always. It's always been mm -hmm. a part of mm -hmm. me. I've always wanted to own a business. But where did things kind of like come together as a business owner in the, in the way that I'm doing it now? I found myself in what I now know is a real growth experience, what was very uncomfortable. One of those moments where, you know, I felt like I was overworked, undervalued, all the things. And what right. that essentially mm -hmm. means is you, dear sweetheart, which is totally wonderful and fine, have outgrown where you are, which mm -hmm. is why it's uncomfortable. So leap, you know, leap. Right. And I leapt. And that and that leap, you know, wasn't the most comfortable leap, but I leapt into what I had had, which was a passion project called Inspire Sunday Brunches. I had created it in 2012. When I leapt, it was about 2015. So 2012, I started a sort of self-empowerment networking experience that I, for, for my girlfriends, that had morphed into um, me doing some consulting work, which was which was starting to take form. When I leapt into the small business idea, um, 
I had just been introduced to coaching for the first time oh. through a class I took at Georgetown. Mm -hmm. And that class changed my life. So it was this point in time where I was uncomfortable in my growth as a professional. I was uncomfortable, like frustrated. I had a passion project that was empowering women already. And I was introduced to this life-changing platform or, or conversation called coaching. It changed me in two ways. One, the opening question that the coach asked, or one of them, at least the one that I remember that registered was, do you talk to yourself as if you are your own best friend? And Ooh. when I heard that question, me too, I had the same response. <laughs> and if this were a coaching, if this were a coaching conversation, I would say, and what did you notice about how you felt about that question? What I noticed was two things. One, I do not talk. I am like the anti, I was the anti of talking to myself as if my I was my own best friend. Who does that? How would you get anything done? And I really dialed into how critical, self-critical I was, kind of mm. packaged as an optimist, right? packaged, you know, um, as a very polite, very socially intelligent, very adaptable person who presents as very confident and, 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 in in this way. And, mm -hmm, and nonetheless, mm -hmm. I felt the sting that it wasn't true on the inside. It was not <laughs> that true. That is an uncomfortable thing yeah, to face, right? Yeah, it was right? very uncomfortable. Mm. And, and it said a lot. And it said a lot about probably other people. And that was the other part about coaching. Here was this name of a job that mm. I'd never heard of before that helps people sit with these kinds of questions that wasn't a psychiatrist or wasn't a social worker, a counselor, because I had decided right. early on in undergraduate that that I was, a, I, be, I started out as a psychology major, very quickly moved into sociology because it was more broad. It was more me. Um, and so I, I had never really considered a psychology, but I always saw myself sort of in the chair, but I couldn't, I hadn't found the chair. Right. I had right. tried other chairs teacher chair. I literally have tried the esthetician chair. I've tried the sales chair, right? event planning chair, all these chairs to help people move forward, find their best selves. The coaching chair was the chair that did that for me. Right. When should somebody seek out coaching? I honestly believe, and I say this as the coachee, not as the coach, but as the person being coached. <clears throat> I have a coach and I have had a coach since I've been in business for the last seven years. Mm -hmm. And I believe everybody needs a coach at all stages of life. I right. truly believe that. Mm -hmm. um, we've got coaches for kids. For every single, for every single sport, there's a coach. Um, and when we think about an athletic coach, they are really helping to support that athlete have access the best performance within themselves. That coach yes. cannot go out and play the game for them. Yes. The coach teaches them, yes, how to play, but also how to play smart, how to play strategically, how to play when you're losing, mm. how to win when you're losing, how to lose when you're losing, you know, how to how to how to get yourself back in the rhythm, how to have life and have this whatever it is that the sport is, you know, and and so I dare say every single person needs a coach. And I also think if you have any interest in turning something from like a 
a passion into something more, more serious. Like even if the passion is like as an adult, like piano playing, get yourself a coach, right? Get a teacher, you know, like we as adults, we kind of have this misnomer, this myth that we're supposed to know it all. We're supposed to be perfect. And we're supposed to have like arrived. There's no more practice or no more introspection. You know, it's like, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So answer your question short. I think everyone should get a coach. Now, where are some really like pivotal moments to absolutely, absolutely get a coach? I'm going to talk practical and then I'm going to talk feeling. So points in life, uh, a new job, mm-hmm. a good time to get a get coach. Get a coach. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Transitions, like you're, um, re- you're retiring or you're, you're having a child, you uh, having, adopting, whatever that looks like. Um, you have an interest in something, like you're interested in a business and mm-hmm. you don't quite know like how to start or any of those, like those pivotal moments. You want to move up in your career. Milestones. Those are good times. Mm -hmm. Feeling times. You feel stuck. You feel overwhelmed. You feel unclear. You feel a sense of doubt. You know you want to move forward, but you don't know what direction. Um, You know that there's more potential within you, but you're not certain how to bring it out. You feel disorganized. You feel like you're not grounded. You might feel like there's goals that feel not clarified sure. and, mm-hmm. and then how to take action on them. Mm-hmm. So those are feelings that would trigger um, someone to want to have coaching. Um, and then also the sense of like practical tools that someone wants to really develop personal development for. Right, right. How do I feel more confident in my voice? How do I stand in my power? How do I develop more executive functioning skills? How do I raise my hand in the face of fear? So those are some categorical reasons why someone might seek coaching as well, Mm -hmm. seek out coaching. Mm This is Jason Leas, and my guest today is Ryan Lesan, owner of Inspire Brand Consulting, who coaches high-achieving women to work past their self-limiting beliefs and start winning in life. Up next, Ryan will let us know what to look for in a coach. We also discuss the post-COVID work landscape and how it has influenced women's expectations in professional settings. She also lets us know how she personally measures success nowadays. This is not an accessible thing for everybody. It might be expensive. You know, what uh, What do you advise people who feel like, oh, that's not for me. I can't afford that. What, what should they do? Where should they look? Yeah, I think, one, I think that when someone begins to really do the research, I I do not doubt that someone will find the coach for them. I do mm-hmm. not doubt it. For instance, if someone is very serious about, you know what, I, I heard this podcast and there's this thing called coaching. I think it might be helpful. Um, I'm just going to start exploring. Chances are they're going to come across something on this thing called this worldwide web that <laughs> says there's a group coaching program. There's a um, 
oh my gosh, I just, my best friend's cousin's sister just started her coaching certification. She's really good and she's looking for pro bono clients. Maybe you Mm -hmm. could reach out to her, you know, like, wow. And it winds up being free. Like who knows, you know, like, but if then I promise if the intention is there to get support, someone will find it. So that's the first thing. Second, I think Coaching doesn't have to be forever. And now I said I've been in coaching for seven years specifically because I have a business and yes. the business continues to grow. Yes. Okay. Now, if for instance, um, I, which many of my clients are, they are looking to achieve a goal. When they've achieved that goal, they may say, I have achieved this goal and, you know, coaching isn't something that's needed at this time. I also have a whole host of clients like myself who feel coaching on an ongoing basis is part of their, what I call brilliance team. It's like I'm part of their staff, you know? Um, And so that, but that's a different kind of relationship. So I think when someone begins to really look at the benefits of coaching, what are the benefits? What are the outcomes and what's the value that you're getting, it far outweighs the cost, whatever mm. the cost is. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what should you look for in a coach when you're going down this path? I think um, one is connection. Do you feel connected to the person? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very just very intuitive. You know, do you feel heard? Do you feel seen? Do you feel like the things that are pressing you, they are speaking to and they can address. Um, Now, I would look out for someone who says, I promise that in 90 days, this is going to happen. I would look for somebody who says, this is the value and the expected outcome of coaching. Mm -hmm. Things like you you will grow in your organization skills like you'll be able to manage your energy better you know specifics around what is it that they're going to support you on and does that match what you're looking for yeah. and what what you need support with right mm-hmm. right i like that uh, in 90 days this is going to happen it is so pervasive on the internet. Like, you know, if you take this free course within 30 days, you will see a difference. It's just so silly. <laughs> it's really, it, 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 it is. And, you know, it's so funny. I was actually like, you know, I don't know how your mind works, but I can find myself like in dialogue, it, kind of arguing with things. And I was just arguing about that this morning. Like, you know, these, these, and oftentimes well-meaning. Yes, if for 30 days, if you focused for an hour on your body, it's going to look totally different. Now, is that the normal way that human be? If you're already overwhelmed and you're already saying that you <laughs> your exercise is the last thing on your list, you can't even get to it. Haven't gotten to it for three years mm-hmm. and now you're going to sign up with me for, I don't even do exercise, but just as an example, you're going to sign up with me for this 30 day guarantee, get yourself right. It's like, not that anything is wrong with that. Is that meeting you where you are? Yep. Right. It may be, it yeah. may be the exact thing that you need, but you've got to check in with that more than their promise. Yeah. Check in yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good advice. Quite solid. 
Yeah. So speaking of your entrepreneurial journey, you said you wanted to start a business and um, you've been on this journey for seven, seven years now. And how have you found it? You know, what's, uh, what's the highlight? So the highlight, when you say the highlight, is the highlight like the positive or is the highlight like high level? It like could be anything. Like, where does that take you, you know? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Because one of the things that I, I really do like to share, um, yeah, that I, I, I like to share as like a, a, a voice of a person who who is a small business owner mm-hmm. is that, first of all, I want to say, please, anyone out there who is, has a small business, is thinking about small business, please do yourself a favor and read the book, The E-Myth Revisited by mm-hmm. Michael Gerber. Oh, it yeah. Is, okay. Okay. Hands yeah. down. Amazing. So using that as a backdrop, I had one day an entrepreneurial seizure. I went into work and I looked around and I decided I'm not doing this anymore. I'm taking my talent and I'm hanging up a shingle. And I did. And I hung up a shingle, right? And in doing so, I had all this wonderful empowerment around my vision and, and I am doing that. And I have been doing that. And I am in my purpose. And Mm. I am in my calling. And from day one, whether I was hypnotized by self-limiting beliefs like imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and distractionism, which we'll talk about. I help people Mm. heal from those mindsets. Whether I was bamboozled by those or not along the journey, the fact is from the very beginning, whether I called myself a coach or not, I have a strong proclivity and talent in this role. I have been doing it and doing it well. That's that's a large part of the truth. Yes. And that's a, that's like the iceberg of the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, iceberg of the truth is I have a work from anywhere. We've moved work from anywhere business. Literally, we've moved three times in the last five years. I've had a baby in that time. We've had the pandemic. I've kept going in my Goodness, business. Goodness, I was All going that, to ask. Okay, you know, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all that's of a that lot. is true. Yeah. yeah, it's all true. Now, I also want to say, because like all of those things are are like Instagram nice things to see. And I think it's also really, really important to share that I came into this small business having no concept, no understanding, no appreciation, no exposure to what a business is. Mm. None. Okay. The level of systemization that it takes to create a business, I had no value for it. It's important to me for people to recognize that like I came into this not understanding any of the business and I learned it. You can learn how to build a business. Mm. It is not your skill. It is not you baking cupcakes. It is about can you not only sell those cupcakes, but do you have a business system, a business funnel to get leads, to get those people in your door, to get them to taste, to get them to commit, to get them to take out their credit card, to Mm -hmm. get them to come Mm -hmm. back. Like all of those are business systems. Yeah. And they can be learned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, over the past seven years, uh, work has changed. 
Things have changed <laughs> and uh, the challenges that your clients were facing before might be a bit different. So there's a kind of a post-COVID um, work environment. So what are you seeing? How are women navigating that space? Um, and, you know, what what's changed in their expectations? That's a great question. Um, I think... I think a couple of things. Um, and you know, it's, it's interesting because I'm not quite sure where we are in the pandemic now. Yeah. You know, like where things don't feel as sharply contrast in my conversations today as they did like 20, you know, summer of 2020 when, when every, when, when moms were home with four year olds. You know, and seven-year-olds and doing school, and mm -hmm. th those are very different conversations than they are now. I think people are people are managing their energy, uh, you know, a bit differently. But right. I think overall, some of the outcomes I think are one. I do have a sense, and I, I want to say this to that. I, I do have a sense that people are having a hard time with their yep. nervous systems. Yeah, you know, I just can't. That's like the, uh, intuitively, like I just think at <laughs> this point, like girl, say this. It's like people's nervous systems are, you know. They are on alert for sure. sure. I can, I do feel that. Um, I think people are also, I think, recognizing that they really do have greater agency, I think, than they felt before around their time, around what they want to do, around um, some of the things that are very clear for them. I think it did open up a space that allowed people to contemplate and reflect now, where are we in terms of being able to being being able to like engage and take action on those things now that now that our calendars are like in person? You know, it's yeah. going to be interesting yeah. to mm -hmm. see what is the what's the outcome of those passion projects that came through in that space where right. there was a you know more more isolated more downtime. Where are those where are those goals going to go? Um, and I think how are the big question I have is how are we going to take the values that people really seem to talk about, like really valuing the downtime, valuing the ability to connect, um, in a deeper, in a deeper way, often than the frenetic move, move, move. How do we couple that with the move, move, move? Um, I think is going to be the next wave of conversations that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And you as a business owner, um, how are you measuring success these days? Oh, that's a really good question. Mm, okay, so I've recently moved again. And so with moving again, one of the things, and you keep hearing me say business systems, I think because it's really relevant. I keep asking myself, um, what is supporting me feel organized? And what I'm actually finding is that I'm working on a project in the background, um, meaning like in between clients and in between all the other sort of daily things. I'm working on a big project. Yeah. And what I am finding in terms of like my real life is that because of this move, so much was disrupted, you know, just sort of not in a bad, good way, just disrupted that so much had to like kind of be on pause. It made me recognize, again, evaluating the business, more needs to be automated, more needs to be simplified, more needs to be streamlined, more needs to be, you know, like my, like 
using Asana, using my calendar even more, like really leaning into those fundamental structures has been really, really helpful as of late and something I'm like almost ultra leaning into. You know, what are my numbers? What are what are my actual goals? Not just the doing of, of my business, but like, what are the fundamentals of where I'm going and what's the grounding of the business? Mm. Ryan LaSanne is a Master Your Mindset coach. And if you are feeling stuck or need to create a new roadmap to take your small business to the next level or just to unlock your full potential at work, she highly recommends that you engage a coach to work past your blockages. Ryan used a coach to help in launching her own business, and up next, she discusses the best things about being her own boss. We will also get into her personal story and learn about the moments that have shaped her into the person that she is today. Given how mobile you've been uh, recently, has being your own boss been an advantage, a disadvantage? Uh, I think that's a great question, you know, because one of the things that Michael Gerber does say is like, you're working for a crazy person. That crazy person is you. <laughs> you know, I am my boss. And so for me and for anyone else who has their own, their own boss, I can only soar as high as my fears, you know, will mm-hmm. allow me. So um I am in my purpose, so check for boss. I am ever learning and ever growing, so check for boss. I am happy I'm my own boss. There have been times, and I've said this to my coach, I said, you know, I wish I had a board of directors right. that could almost almost like tell me what to do or that I could like get direction from, you know? Right. She said, think about inverting that relationship. And rather than it being a hierarchical relationship where people are above you, it is that you are the boss and you can still have a support team that you're asking these questions of or that you are, that you are seeking support from or insight from. She said, have a team, but don't have that team. Not that not advisors, but you don't need a board of directors. You direct, you direct other people. And in that directing, you learn to discern, you learn to make decisions. You learn to gain insight from people and then make the decisions. And that's really what I was looking for, was that ability to actually garner feedback, be in conversation, be in engagement with someone, gain insight from someone else, lean in on someone's momentum. Because I am a collaborative person. I am a person who's, you know, I'm an ideator and that's hard to do in isolation. And so if if someone out there listening is feeling like they're looking for more direction and they wish they had a boss to boss <laughs> them, yeah. you know, consider that. Consider your role as a boss and is there a reframe there that allows you to remain the boss and still create that support system and pipeline for ideas and momentum, but from an from a inverted um, experience. So who Mm -hmm. do you consult in that case? Do you have an informal, you know, advisory board of sorts? I do. I have I have um, I have both. Actually, so I have that hierarchical where I'm have an advisory board. And I also have a team of people that I um, 
I quote unquote pay. When I say pay, it could be um, they're not my staff. I might consult with them. Um, we might do a mini project mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, I might be using their services for a period of time, but I I no longer do everything myself. Yes. Um, is, is the main thing there. But I do have my coach is part of my advising team. Right. You know, she doesn't do any work for me tactically, but she is a person that, for instance, there was, um, I was in a meeting yesterday with um, a consulting agency, a marketing agency, and they've got some great things. And the way that I'm going to use my coach in this future sense is I'm going to be, I'm going to lay out to her my business proposition. I'm going to lay out to her where I am and lay out to her what this, what this business will potentially add in terms of value to, to my bottom line and to, 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 you know, the automation, everything else. What does she think? You know, what does she think? Not what would she do, but, you know, we're both sort of as a, as a metaphor, looking at this portrait on the wall together. And I'm really interested. I'm paying you for your expertise. What do you think about this? You know, the business you're on my side and what do you think? Um, kind of conversation. Whereas this company would then go and execute my vision. Right. So there's that right. both and piece at this phase. Fantastic. And what's the best part of your job? Um, the best. So there's two, three. The best part of my job is working with my clients. I love them. Mm. They are amazing. The second part is learning all the stuff they get to like share with them. And then three really is the fact that this business does give me the flexibility to literally be my own boss. And when I needed to move and take three weeks off because my daughter was out of school, I was able to do that. You know, it did it mean shifts. Yes. Did it mean, you know, one thing for another? Yes. But did I have to, did I have to call in for PTO? Did I have to, you know, exercise other kinds of benefits? That's not, I had to do that in a different kind of way because I am my own boss. I appreciated that I could do that Mm -hmm. um, because that's important for me. I I appreciate this work. I think that's, those are the three best things that I get to do. And what's your vision for your business in future? So my my vision, I have started something. So I te- I have a signature course that's a hybrid of two things. It's one-to-one coaching and also a course I've created. And I am a teacher. So I really do see myself as a course creator um, and coach over time, but more of this course creating piece. And I've started, um, I have not, I, I haven't, I don't promote this, but I have coined my school as the finesse school. And I see this as like um, etiquette, personal development, professional development, social, emotional transformation, healing platform for high achieving black women to advance, to like have the finesse, yeah, you know, yeah. the genetica <laughs> that one needs to like, you know, really feel confident and like move forward. I call it like the finesse factor. So I would really love to breathe more life into the finesse factor. And I always ask um, these questions. Uh, first, do you have any childhood memories that you would like to share, which you think are relevant to how you maybe turned out today? You know, um, 
I have one, uh, which is kind of funny. So um, I grew up in a home where like we we went to church that was that was relevant um but we didn't was not a dogmatic home we didn't really you know mm-hmm. there wasn't like a lot, a lot of dogma um so i so i give that context to say that for whatever reason one day uh, a televangelist was on tv and it was i think i turned it on like i i tuned into this mm-hmm. um without like a whole lot of exposure like church was not on, on in the home at the tv and on tv Anyway, so I'm like watching and I'm so moved spiritually by what this pastor is saying that I wrote him a note about love and God. And it was this real, like, transient experience for me from a spiritual standpoint, not from a religious standpoint, but from a spiritual connected standpoint. I felt the spirit at that time and I had no idea like what it would mean. It certainly didn't turn into like, a, I never saw myself as a pastor of like a church. Um, but I, yeah, yeah, but I felt very connected spiritually. Yeah, and yeah. it's been awesome to see the evolution of that and the allowance for that in my business. Um, that's great. So that's, that's one I'll share. <laughs> ah, that's fantastic. Oh, Thank great. You. And uh, if you wrote a memoir today, what would it be called and why? Okay. So it might, this feels a little like clunky, but it might sound like something like this, like know thyself, be thyself, become thyself. Oh. And, and I think because knowing yourself and self-awareness is so incredibly important. You can know yourself and still feel very uncomfortable being you. Right. And then in the being who we are today, we are always becoming something. And so Mm -hmm. allowing for that becoming, um, I think would be important. Who would you pick uh, to play your character in a biopic about you? I don't know. (laughs) I am like, wow. Tracy Ellis Ross. Oh, that's who I see. Oh, she's that's a bit older, fun. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I could, I mean, you know, but I could totally she feel has a that. Big smile. Yes, she does. Open face. <laughs> and you know, I think the one of the things I really resonate about her, what were with her, is that she seems to, um, and, and particularly like playing the, I think, role of of, of me, which is so funny, um, is she has this like really cool combination of like the metaphysical and the physical yeah like she just really holds that space yeah i think very well um you know so thank you i appreciate that (laughs) she's another aspect very cool yeah yeah thanks so if i want to be your client yeah where can i go to find you Absolutely. Um, two things. One, if you have that feeling that I felt when I heard the, like, are you your own best friend after listening to this podcast? Like, I need to speak to her. Please, please, please reach out to me for a discovery call. It's a free 45 minute call with me um, where we will really look at where you are, where you want to go and what is jamming you up and how support can help you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find that on my website at www.inspirebrandconsulting.com backslash 
gift. Everybody else who's like, oh, this was super interesting. I wonder what, you know, kind of tools she has. I've put together a think think of kind of like a 17 magazine quiz. It's an eight question quiz um, that will give you a sense of your number one confidence killer. And I see three main mindsets that hold high achieving women back in my practice. And they are imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and something that I've coined called distractionism. By taking this free quiz, you'll get a report and a video that talk about those three mindsets. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you feel deep inside you that you think people should know about you? Thank you for opening that space. I think I taught a I taught a course just last week, um, teaching leaders to coach. And it was wonderful because it's actually not a topic I teach often. And I was able to come back to the core of coaching. Mm-hmm. And my coaching, my coaching background is wrapped around something called co-active coaching. And the premise of co-active coaching is that it's essentially namaste. It is that, you know, I see the light in my clients when they can't see it. To me, that's what Jesus did. Jesus saw the healing mm. in someone when they couldn't see it in themselves. And because he saw it with such clarity, that mustard seed of belief, I can feel it. I can feel that charge. I feel that for people. Right. I want that for people. The human condition is to not feel like enough. And black women are micro-indexed. It's which which means we can be hyper like dim, stimulated to you know receive we're not enough and to believe we're not enough. And I feel like it's not enough for anybody to feel like it's not enough. And then let alone to be able to do this type of work and support you know people who have similar backgrounds who can hear messages too from me in a way that they might not be able to hear it from someone else's sure. same message. Yep. Yep. Um, and yet it might land differently. And it's important to me to, to say the message. Um, so that's, that's what I would want someone to know. And that is all from us this time around. Thank you for listening. I hope you are inspired and motivated to take action and work past your blockages. Please take time to share this episode with someone who might benefit from the content and take a moment to rate and give us a good review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That will go a long way in supporting this work. I'm Kutluanos Kosanarichi, and until next time, please do take good care.